Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Grant Mifsud has been in the strata management industry since 2002, joining Archers in 2007, where he now holds the position of partner. He's responsible for Archer's marketing, public relations and compliance divisions statewide in Queensland, delivering ongoing strategies for the continued promotion of Archer's core strata services. Grant continues to remain current with day-to-day management of select schemes in Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast and is the group's mixed-use and layered scheme specialist. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Grant Mifsud of Archers. Welcome, Grant. Thank you, Amanda. Great to be here. Pleasure to have you, Grant. Now, uh, we've been touching base a little bit about some exciting stuff Archers has been doing in Queensland when it comes to your community education seminars. And you've had some very well attended seminars in Brisbane and in the Sunshine Coast about how to deal with difficult behaviour in strata communities. And I know uh, when you talk about difficult behaviour, you're talking about things like bullying, abuse, harassment, uh, discrimination, all those awful things. And I thought I'd bring you on the show to have a chat about uh, what's come up in those seminars and uh, what kind of education you've been delivering to owners when it comes to dealing with that awful behaviour in our communities. Yeah, the seminars have been very successful with um, with lots of people coming along. I suppose that's a good and a bad thing. They're there to be educated but unfortunately, they're wanting to be educated on how to deal with this, well, band is what we're calling it, bullying, abuse, harassment, nuisance and discrimination. Mm. And we're actually getting the, the Office of the Commissioner speaking as the keynote, followed by a, uh, a panel discussion, which delves into, you know, the, the perspectives of strata managers. We've got a Queensland-based lawyer that also speaks, um, but it's essentially trying to help people deal with these day-to-day issues that they're facing. Mm, Yeah, important skills and unfortunate that we do have to learn those skills, but it is a fact of life in some of our buildings and it's definitely something that we deal with here in Sydney. I've spoken about it on the podcast before, way, way back in episode three, I offered some tips for dealing with criminals in strata properties based on some cases that I had been involved with and we recapped that together with Rena Van Oust in episode 77. So good timing to look back at that issue. I'm going to ask you first, Grant, to share with us why you think it's so critical for those who are living in and even those who are managing body corporates and strata communities to learn how to effectively deal with this difficult behaviour. Yeah, well, in life you come across difficult people. Some people you have day-to-day contact with, others you don't. But in in strata, they're they're also your neighbours if you're living in that particular scheme. And particularly with its email communication has become so easy now, people do seem to write in a not-so-friendly way and not really consider the person that's on the receiving end and whether or not they're being respected. So it can get out of hand quite easily. You know, the, the way you respond can actually make it escalate. 
you need to also draw the line and say enough is enough from the very beginning as soon as you identify that type of inappropriate behaviour. But also what we do see is if you don't deal with it straight away, people start to become accepting of that's just the crazy, you know, neighbour or whoever it may be Mm -hmm. and then they just start accepting it. That person doesn't actually know any different. It's a bit like the uncle that might say the inappropriate things at Christmas time. And if nobody says anything, he doesn't know any different. He, he might think he's funny. Mm. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's about standard setting, isn't it? And it's something that not only do I share that with clients, you know, that it's about setting a standard for the way that you want people to communicate with you and the way you communicate with others. But I do that in my office as well and in my personal life, you know, explaining to people through my own actions and through the way I communicate with them what's acceptable and what's not. And as you say, that's so important to have that good strong foundation because things can really get out of hand if you don't set that in place right from the beginning. Absolutely. So what does good management of bad behaviour look like? Glad you asked. Um, I recently uh, did a media release that was published in Smart Property Investor and covering off in Queensland, I'm not sure in New South Wales if you commonly refer to the four Ps. Yes, Pets, parties, parking. What's the fourth one? Passive smoking. (laughs) Hadn't come across that one. (laughs) Well, it seems to be the thing that everybody talks about on a recurring basis. You know, you can perhaps go back 10 years and look at the archives of what articles are being written and you'll see the same things. But this other P that we've identified, it's always been there. We just, I think sometimes we're a little bit afraid to say it, but we also have pests in strata. Yes. You know, and, and those people in a pesty way can be inappropriate. So when I put together that article, I was asked how to deal with those sort of inappropriate people who who are the the fifth P that we've now identified and we're naming. And those tips, I'll just go through. The, The first thing was staying impartial and calm because usually they're quite emotional about whatever it may be. So if you're getting emotional straight back with them, it can escalate very quickly. So and there's two two sides of that, depending on whether you're a committee member, owner, or you know whatever involvement. But then there's also from the strata manager's perspective, you you have to remain calm and professional at all times, of course. And remembering that they're not usually upset with you; they're upset with the situation. Yes, it's not personal. That's right. Mm. Um, show that you're interested in what they're saying. Uh, that can be you know, sometimes they just want to speak, so you need to listen. If you don't let them speak, they're going to find other avenues that might be back to the email abuse. And usually, well, hopefully, they, they run out of steam after a while. But also take some notes about what they're saying because what I find is they may jump around from topic to topic and you really mm. need to go back to the beginning after they've had their big, long speech about whatever it may be and address each of those points a uh, bit of empathy you know you need to let them know i i understand this the frustration but then with that empathy you can also help them solve that problem by breaking it down working out what the problem is and it's from a strata manager's perspective explaining and educating them about what it is we do and also what it is we don't do that's the same for a committee member. You know, they're not there as a punching bag in particular. So that's setting that boundary as well. So I can help you, but we need to talk about this calmly or, you know, communicate calmly. Otherwise, we're going to get nowhere. And that's the, the main point, I suppose, setting the boundary and making sure they realise that you're there to help them with their problem. 
Absolutely. And just delving into a couple of your really great points there, Grant, communicating to someone that you are interested and you are listening, often we forget that. We're already thinking, especially in these heated situations, whether it's you as a strata manager, uh, I've certainly been in them as a lawyer uh, or you're a committee member or an owner, you can feel your blood pressure rising. Uh, if you're Irish like me, your cheeks are going red and you all you can think about is the next thing you're going to say to sort this person out, to put them in their place and you're not actually listening and you're not communicating to that person that you've heard them. And something that that I've learned to do and teach my clients to do as well is to say those words, to say, I hear you, I hear you. You might not agree with what you're hearing and you might not uh, be on the same page, but to say, I hear you or I've heard you, that can be a really nice phrase that you can have in your toolkit. And the point about empathy And you said there, Grant, explaining to someone that you understand. Uh, That goes hand in hand with I hear you. In some situations, maybe you don't understand. And I found that it's okay to actually say that, to say, I can't possibly imagine what you're going through. And particularly as a manager, you're not living in that building. You don't have to look at uh, this person who might be living across from you day to day causing this bad behaviour to say, I can't possibly imagine what it must be like to deal with someone that difficult. I'm incredibly sympathetic to you. I can't possibly imagine how hard that is. And that that's very powerful for somebody to feel that you've heard them, uh, you might not understand but you certainly do empathize with them in a way that you're thinking about their situation and you're going to do your best within the boundaries of course as you properly say to help them out so really great tips there so grant in your travels uh, with archers delivering these seminars have you come across some buildings or maybe some communities that you work with yourself who are doing this really well committee members or strata managers who just have this nailed they've been through maybe a difficult time with an owner or a group of owners and they've been able to come out the other side yeah well unfortunately you usually have it's anything in body corporate you can regulate that situation and it's going through the channels that we have in Queensland is the Body Corporate Community Management Act, which can regulate correspondence. Uh, and that's usually where the, you know, particularly in instances where you've got abusive, aggressive, threatening correspondence, you can draw the line, you can create bylaws. And there's a, a case that has been raised uh, at every seminar so far as an example of a particular scheme that had a person that wasn't um, communicating appropriately. That, uh, that case is uh, Tank Tower, so if anyone wants to have a look at the details of that, uh, it's on Ostley to look up the, the actual uh, adjudication decision on that. But the outcome was that this particular person that was writing copious amounts of emails to all and sundry, daily, nightly, whenever they got in front of the computer, and, you know, body related or not, they were still going to write it, and it just got way out of hand. And unfortunately, that is only, you know, the repercussion there is increasing the administrative requirements of the body corporate, extra fees for the services to do that. The body corporate made a decision to seek an order which restricted that correspondence. The outcome was they can only write once per week and no more than 1,000 words per letter. And that letter must be posted to the address for service of notices for the body corporate, not just emailed. 
Wow, my head is just reeling with all of that. And we have some excited listeners, Grant, so we really need to flesh this out. How did they get that order? Did they have a bylaw that they were relying on? Uh, What is it that's in your act there in Queensland that was allowing them to seek that kind of intervention? And I'll just say I will make sure that there is a link to this case in the show notes for this episode so you can click on through and have a read of it yourself. But, uh, yeah, how did they manage that? that gee we'd love to do that here in new south wales yeah so you hit the nail on the head with the bylaw because that's what's enforceable so this body corporate has the bylaw which was then enforced through the adjudication process and also that enforcement order was there had to be some evidence you there couldn't just be a, a frivolous claim it had to demonstrate that this person was acting the way they were and what effect it was having on that body corporate and the reasons why they wanted to enforce so it is quite detailed but essentially it's when something like writing, you know, inappropriate letters very frequently, causing loads of administration and angst for the body corporate and everybody he's sending it to, we want that to stop. Mm, and the uh, tribunal obviously found that that was a reasonable bylaw because I do know that you have that concept of reasonableness in your legislation in Queensland, which we now have here as well in New South Wales. So an important precedent perhaps for not only for Queensland but for other jurisdictions with similar legislation and similar bylaw making powers. So definitely worth looking at that one. I'm going to have a closer look myself because no doubt I'll be inundated with listeners who want to develop these kinds of bylaws. How exciting. Yes, great. Now, Grant, what particular problems do you find that people are facing, whether they're managers, their residents, their committee members? What are the problems they're facing when they're trying to deal with this difficult behaviour? And what's your advice for overcoming those problems? Yeah, so it's an unfortunate situation where you've got this vocal minority rather than, you know, in, in strata and there's a lot of people out there that are just fantastic to deal with and they just tick along and it's great. It's this vocal minority that makes all the noise and creates all the angst for everybody. And unfortunately, what we're finding is um, there's a range of reasons why they have these problems. A lot of it is to do with lack of education. And I don't mean that they're dumb. What I mean is that they don't understand the processes that they need to go through. And despite our best efforts to educate these people, and, and we as a, as a company put these education seminars on, we we have training courses, we have a lot of information, and not only us, but you know, through the commissioner's office and through the internet, you can work these things out. But unfortunately, they don't want to put the time and effort into educating themselves. Uh, they just want to shoot off the emails. So some of the problems with those people as well is we're finding some of them actually have mental health issues. Yes. So you know, it's, it wouldn't matter that it's a body corporate situation. They're going to act that way anyway. Mm. And the other, well, it's a, I suppose it's a bit more serious where they're reporting to the wrong people about a problem that might be a police matter or some sort of criminal matter and not understanding the body corporate isn't the police. Uh, the body corporate's not there to break up, you know, physical violence or, you know, disturbances, those sorts of things. And they're not going through that right channel. Mm. So what we also need to make sure is when we're dealing with those people is not only telling them what they're supposed to do, you know, if they're the victim or the person that's instigating it, uh, what they're supposed to do to stop it, but also when we do hear a serious threats as owners in a strata complex or, or a body corporate manager, we need to tell the police or the, the relevant authority about what's going on, mm. uh, not just stand by and say it's not my problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was something that I was going to add because I see that happen uh, where I have strata managers calling me and explaining to me, Amanda, I've just had an owner call and there's been the mirrors have been smashed in the lift and there's damage to common property. And I say, why are you calling me? (laughs) You need to call (laughs) the police. Uh, That's very serious. It needs to be dealt with quickly. There could be not only risk of property damage, but physical injury. We cannot overreact enough, I think, in those kinds of situations. And sometimes as strata managers and even as lawyers, we become a little bit uh, immune, if you like, to those kinds of situations. And we just think, oh, you know, it's just the the pest, as you say, the serial pest. The police need to be notified. And that is a way uh, not only of making sure you're acting in the best interests of the owners corporation if you're a committee member and doing your your duty as an advisor if you're a strata manager but also dealing with this behavior more effectively so that that person realizes hey this is not on this doesn't reach not only the standard of our community but it's against the law and there are consequences for that kind of very serious behavior so something that I do reiterate a lot uh, always be attuned to those situations strata managers where you simply need to call the police absolutely All right. Now, Grant, what's your advice, your quick win, I guess, for our listeners who maybe are dealing uh, with some of this bad behaviour, whether it's uh, abusive uh, emails, they're inundated with strata managers or residents with attitude. How do they go about dealing with that problem? What's the first step that you would suggest they take today? Uh, One good tip I've discovered through our education seminar process, uh, which is, I won't take credit for this, it's the the Office of the Commissioner, uh, what they've come out with as one of their tips, is a separate email account dealing with their body corporate matters. So this is for for owners and committee members. When you're getting direct contact from this person with inappropriate correspondence, um, you want to separate that from your daily life, particularly if it's your work email address that you normally use and you've got that thing popping up all day long, you just don't really need that distraction. So separate the matter, separate that part of your life with a separate email address. It's not hard to create chairperson at whatever body corporate may be. Yeah, great practical tip. I like that one. Yeah, so that's tip number one. Um, Another one I'll I'll give credit to one of the uh, supporting lawyers we've had on the panel, Frank Higginson of Heinz. His tip that he has when you're getting that email that is abusive and, and you want to tell them what for straight away back, don't respond straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing is 24-hour rule, that's going to have two effects. Not only will you – you can draft that email, put it in your drafts, don't send it though. Because if you have a look in a day's time, I guarantee that that response will change. Yeah, the 24-hour rule is an excellent one and you've just said it, Grant. What I often do is to draft it and save it. And if you really need to send it, send it to a friend, send it to <laughs> send it to your husband, yeah. send it to your colleague in the office. Uh, of course, removing any identifying features, of course, if you're sending it outside of the office, but do not send it to the person to whom it is destined because I agree with you. Uh, we don't think it will, but our attitude changes significantly when we're uh, past the heat of the moment. Yeah. And, and the second part to that delay response is a lot of people treat them like instant messenger. So if you need to have a conversation with someone, pick up the phone. And that back and forth, you can end up in this, you know, this back and forth argument where, you know, you have to keep responding. So you slow the whole thing down, 
Mm. Uh, it gives you time to think about it as well. Yep. So, yeah, I thought that's a great one, which, you know, a lot of us sometimes you just want to get, get it out, out of the way. And you can with the not-so-difficult ones, mm. but the difficult ones I think you need to separate a little, put to the side. But when you are responding, I think it's also just making it clear what it is that you do and your part in, in their problem mm. and what it is you don't do. Uh, this gets back to the police matters or, you know, if it's life-threatening, of course, you, you tell them to call the police. But, yeah, just setting that boundary in your response so that they don't keep coming to you for something that's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Yep, very good advice. Thank you for those practical tips. Uh, I really do love that tip about setting up a unique email address for your body corporate duties if you're a committee member. I have seen that before, but I suppose I don't think I really appreciated why some committee members were doing that. I've seen secretary, for example, if your building was called uh, Greengate, secretarygreengate at gmail.com. And now that you've pointed that out, Grant, I can see the benefit in setting up those emails that way if only just to separate out those uh, sometimes difficult responsibilities that committee members have. So really love that tip. Great. Now, Grant, everyone who comes on the podcast gets the book question, what books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Well, the most recent book that I've read, and it's had a, a significant impact, I'll have to change the, the title a little to make it appropriate, but um, the, the author is Mark Manson. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> and we'll call it, the last word I'll change, and I'll, we'll call it the subtle art of not giving a care. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, all these sorts of literature, you, you take out of it what you want, and it's not about not caring about anything. It's accepting, and, and for me it was accepting that there's some things um, that you really should care about and some things you really shouldn't. And we've got limited cares in this lifetime, so I want to make sure that if I'm going to put all of my cares into it, it's going to be worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, and save those, don't waste them, uh, and make sure I save them, not only in my work life but also my personal life. Uh, making sure they're on the, the important things. Yeah, it's a very good, very funny book and I'll make sure there's a link to it in the show notes. I have read it myself and I think it might have been a recommendation on the podcast before and I've also just in the last couple of weeks come across two other people who have spoken to me about the book so I think that means I'm, I'm keeping some pretty good company. My favourite line from the book, and it might be yours too, Grant, because you've hinted at it, I've only got so many cares to give. And I'm all out of cares. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was an article written on it recently, um, which my my brother sent me because uh, I put him onto it, and he, and there was a quote in that. It was something about how um, we develop over the decades the subtle art of caring, but it's you know essentially saying that it takes a long time to work out. Um, what to care about and what not to care about. Mm, exactly. But once you've got that worked out, it's kind of smooth sailing. It's amazing what you can focus on, what you can achieve when you've got your priorities right. All right. Grant, how do our listeners find out more about you and is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Uh, to find out more about me and the company that I'm a partner within, which is Archers Estrada Professionals, www.abcm.com.au. You'll find out all about the company. And we're also the creators of Smart Strata. So there's a website for that and a link from archers, smartstrata.com, 
that actually has a weekly newsletter subscription uh, and we have a lot of contributors and I welcome you to contribute to that at some time, Amanda, with your wisdom. Sounds good. Yeah, so we've got almost 30,000 subscribers, so it seems to be working. Amazing, uh, that's excellent. Yeah, the, the open and read rates are, are growing every week, so it's quite successful and we're glad to provide that education out to the Strata community, so it's great. And through that Smart Strata brand, we also put on our seminars, which we run these every six months or twice a year. Excellent. So if people are subscribed to your Smart Communities weekly newsletter, they'll get the upcoming dates for future seminars? Yeah, there's a section on events in the Smart Strata newsletter. So subscribe to that and you'll see those on a weekly basis what's coming up. All right. Well, thank you so much, Grant, for taking the time out today to provide those really practical tips. Uh, I'm very interested to have a look at that case that you've had there in Queensland about how a bylaw can effectively control poor behaviour, if you like, impolite correspondence, and see how that might apply in some other jurisdictions. So thank you for sharing that and your other tips about emails and remembering to empathise and connect. Connect on a personal level with those you're living with, working with and working for. Thanks so much for your time. Happy to contribute and thanks again for having me on. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?